that if even one person shows up, it's my responsibility to give them the best version of me possible. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ranch Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Harley, and on this show, we talk about all things agriculture and Western lifestyle and have real conversations with people who are involved from the farmer to the barrel racer to the vet tech. Today, I am back speaking with Shannon Townsend, who last week um, I said is someone I wanted to bring on for a really long time because he believes in the power of communication. And today we are talking even more about Clubhouse leadership and what it really means to show up for your people. Hope you all enjoy. And again, I am so happy you're here. Hey, you guys, it's Harley. I'm just hopping in before we start the episode to tell you about my other business, Pullage Company and our retainer packages. So Josiah and I co-own a photography business where we partner with other small businesses, advocates, and influencers to create social media content. Recently, we decided to develop retainer packages for our small business customers who need photo content on a regular basis but don't have an in-house photographer. As you all know, social media is a huge part of growing your business and increasing your brand awareness, so fresh content is important. We are currently offering one, three, and six session packages with different time choices. You'll get high quality, professionally edited photos and unlimited locations and a phone or Zoom planning session so that we can make the most of our time together. For more information and pricing, please head over to our social media at Polich Company, that's P-O-L-I-C-H Company, or click the link in today's episode notes. At what point did you realize that you were really passionate about education? And then also, how did you kind of figure out how you should channel that because I'm also passionate about education, but there was no way I was going to be a teacher. (laughs) Like, so I, I, for a long time, I didn't realize how I wanted to like funnel that passion I have for like teaching other people into something. And I was a cheer coach for a while and that was really great for a while. Um, but this, I found, figured out that I could podcast and share my actual expertise about things (laughs) I actually know about and then learn a bunch of stuff from people who also actually know about everything. And that's been so wonderful. <laughs> that is a bless. That is a true blessing. There is. And, and we go back to, you know, surrounding yourself with the five best people possible. And, and that allows you to learn what they know. Also, like I said, pour into them the value that you have, uh, you know, cause I know nothing about wedding planning. Uh, trust me, it would be a train wreck if I planned a wedding. Um, no doubt about that. Uh, you know, and I think part of the education subtly started back when I was in the Marine Corps. Obviously, you know, you get put into leadership positions. Uh, you're kind of expected to know things, do things as you as you uh, rise in rank there and everything. Uh, then when I went to community college after that, uh, I was actually a tutor. So I was kind of responsible for helping people understand what the professors were trying to to share, uh, which is another leadership type position. Um, and it still didn't really dawn on me, obviously a little slow in the on the uptake there. Uh, but just uh, just an, as I look back, all of the opportunities that were coming my way to practice leadership, to practice helping others. Uh, to become the best versions or successes of themselves. And like I said, when I first got into Conklin, uh, the Con- or part of the Conklin company, I didn't really understand it then either. Uh, really wasn't engaged in 
studying self-development. I really wasn't under, or into studying leadership. And uh, Rod Livesey, who runs A Better Way to Farm, and his wife are, I have to credit them probably with where I am today. Uh, they were the catalyst for giving me the kick needed to to really undertake reading, listening, learning, uh, and and really being able to implement it um, on on the scale that that I do, and and so through them, you know, they challenged us to read. Uh, they challenged us to listen to podcasts. They challenged us to watch stuff on YouTube, uh, you know, and in the beginning, it didn't make a lot of sense to me, <laughs> to be honest. Uh -huh. and, you know, it was just like, well, okay, this sounds great, but this is for people that, you know, are leading big organizations or big businesses or, you know, people that have a lot of influence, um, you know, like we think of Hollywood or sports stars or something like that. And then it's kind of like the light bulb went on. And and that's really where I started to, to develop the philosophy that if even one person shows up, it's my responsibility to give them the best version of me possible. And, and so I started to learn. I started to really dive into what makes people successful and, and how does that look and what do I need to do to be a better leader? And, and I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there. I mean, obviously everybody wants to be a coach. Everybody wants to do this, that, or the other, but I think it also, I think it really at the end comes down to have they been there, done that, uh, you know, have they built successful businesses? Are they leading people that are willing to give up on being entrepreneurs by themselves and willing to hitch their wagon to this person to try to build something monstrous, something amazing. And, and those are really the people that I, I gravitate towards, uh, are those type of people that, you know, they have people on their teams. They could go out and build successful businesses on their own, but those people have, you know, said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm much better as part of this team building something monstrous to help others. Um, and when it comes to leadership, really, John Maxwell is the end, end all, be all, end of discussion, best leadership coach out there, in my opinion. Um, and I, I just truly believe in in what John Maxwell brings to the table on leadership. Um, so it's it's imperative too to me that we we really start teaching this stuff in schools. Uh, we start getting away from some of the material uh, that society thinks we need or society thinks it's going to bring value to the to people long term. Uh, I truly believe if we taught more self-development, if we taught more leadership in school, uh, society would look way different than we do now. Well, well, I can tell you because I know for a fact that um, I was in high school much later than you were um, <laughs> and in college later than you were. Um, there has been a shift, particularly in when you look at people who are taking managerial based classes. So my 
major in college. I dual majored in information systems and management. Both were business degrees, right? Um, and there was a whole entire subset of classes that we had to take on leadership styles. And it was more of a focus on the, the people and less of a focus on like the output, because when you care more about the people and you build a better team and you invest more into the people who are on your team, automatically your output will rise. It will be so much better, right? When you take care of people, people will take care of you. Obviously there's, you know, exceptions to that, but we also had, um, a bigger focus on leadership. When I was in high school, we took business classes, we took development classes, we did, um, there was leadership opportunities like through school, we had a really big focus on community service. And I don't know if that was because I was in a small town, like I graduated with 60 people. I knew every single one of them, their parents, probably most of their grandparents, right? Um, Since I was four years old, but there was that huge, and I remember like the teachers talking about how it had shifted in recent years because the teachers that I had had been teachers for a long time. Um, And even while I was in school, like the leadership and development classes were brand new my sophomore year of high school. So I was the third class to go through that in my district. And we were like a poor district in the middle of nowhere in California. (laughs) So we certainly weren't the first districts implementing those practices, right? Um, and certainly like in college, the professor that I had who did those classes that I was talking about where we learned about like those, um, personal, like personal development for like anyone you were managing. Right. We learned about that. She was only like 10 years older than I was. She wasn't, she was only like my age now. Okay. Teaching those classes. And she's like, and she'd already been like, she'd been studying that stuff since she was 18. So there's like been a shift, I think, in more recent years towards those things. And I'm like, I will say those are the only, like the only class that I remember from high school is that leadership class and my economics class. That's it. Didn't, <laughs> nothing else was important. Well, you're ahead of me. I don't really remember any of my classes. <laughs> I, give, so. give me another 10 years and I'll, I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> but but Oops, go ahead. I was going to say, but I also know that a lot, like if you're involved in extracurricular activities, particularly team sports, um, Mm -hmm. you're getting those skills. Like you're learning those leadership skills because if you're a good leader, you're going to gravitate towards those positions of power, particularly, you know, the older you get Um, and the better, like the more skilled you are in those positions the more you're, you're gonna be put into those positions but I remember the first time I my dad's been a high school football coach my entire life and I remember the first time I was talking to him and I was like oh we're not just teaching the kids the stuff about the sports it's about the team <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness it, it's 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 quite encouraging when you see the light bulb go on uh, whether for yourself or with people that you're, uh, you know, in networked with or surrounding yourself with and, and to watch, watch them just start taking off when that light bulb does come on. Um, it's quite amazing. Uh, another event that maybe people would be interested in is called the global leadership summit. Uh, it's the first part of August. 
and it definitely has been a a very good growth opportunity. Um, so that is, and they do it virtually, uh, so you can watch it from the comfort of your own home if you want, uh, which is nice. Uh, but uh, I would encourage you to actually go be part of a group if possible. Uh, you can get a lot more out of it. Uh, but uh, with the group I'm part of within Conklin, uh, up until about three years ago, we used to get together as a group. Uh, and then Rod's daughter had uh, something happen and she's been go battling that. So we haven't been able to to get together for the last three years, which has kind of been disappointing. But uh, uh, it's still an opportunity that I I believe in. I, I truly know that it can change lives. So, yep. Yeah, this has been such a fun conversation. I'm like having the best time. I'm like looking at the time. And I'm like, oh, it does have to end soon. <laughs> <laughs> well, you um, know, ah, Carly, I, I, you know, I do a two-hour, yeah. three-hour program almost every night. I know. Which, when you were like, okay, yeah, seven thirty, I'm like, today I was emailed like, doesn't he have a clubhouse room to run right now? <laughs> I left about eight other moderators in there when I left at 20 after seven. So uh, they can handle it. Um, and, you know, oh, that, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that was really a hard thing for me. And I almost forgot that part is I ran that room uh, for so long by myself um, and to give up control, <laughs> give everybody else a moderator button or, actually leave without closing the room and and trusting that things wouldn't go completely off the rails while it was gone that was a a big step for me that was a big lesson um to to relinquish that control to people that at that time i'd never met in person uh we'd all just been talking you know through audio and uh you know i started that room with jerica lockwood mm -hmm. uh well, she was the first person to join me anyway that <laughs> spoke English. And so it was a big step for me to to relinquish a little bit of control or a lot of control in some cases uh, to that. And, and that was a big leadership step for me, um, you know, to to understand that in building leaders, you have to be able to accept that people are going to make mistakes, that people are going to fail you. And. And you have to take those opportunities to use it for growth, use it for a chance to learn a lesson. And I mean, as long as the house doesn't burn down, uh, it's all good. So, Well, I feel like at this point, even if someone like lit just like a little bit of a fire, it could burn part of the way down and everyone would still come back because it's a good time. We turn, well, into a bonfire. we turn into a bonfire and call the fire department. It's fine. <laughs> we can always rebuild it. We did it yeah. once. That's right. <laughs> uh, no, there's a there's a core group of like really really good people. That for sure, when you're gone, like your presence is missed. Because I've been in there a few times when you haven't been in there, and I'm like, oh, Shannon's missing. This isn't as fun. <laughs> but it's good. It, it uh, everyone who has been like moderating in your place has always done an exceptionally good job. They're just not you. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. And it's it's developed where people feel comfortable giving me grief and know that I'm not going to be vindictive or hand. And I never would, 
but everybody's gotten comfortable over the last couple of years of, of being through the trials and the tribulations and, and all of that together. And, uh, you know, we, we know we have each other's backs. We know that if somebody's in trouble, that, uh, all they have to do is call or ask, um, I, I would probably say at least 30 people in there have my personal phone number, my, my cell phone number, and uh, I get text calls all the time uh, from people, you know, and it's fun. Well, I remember one time I was texting Kendi and I was like, yeah, Shannon mentioned somebody in the room that I should reach out to, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, I was like, I just can't, like, I can't remember who it was. And she goes, um, I'll text him out. And I was like, okay. And she like, put you and I in a group text with her. And I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It, yeah. Uh, Have you met anybody in person from the room? Yeah. I actually was at Jerrica's this past Friday night. I stayed with her and her oh. husband. So, um, and I, uh, met, I've met at Ben met to meet, I think everybody in the South Dakota contingent. Um, okay. So Brian, Josh, Kyle, Andrew, Gary, and, are they, and they're the one. They're the ones who like have like the farming in the six hundred five. That's like their little sub yep. group, right? They're like, come join us in there, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like y'all can be a lot. I'll come. I'll hang out. But you guys can be a lot. <laughs> yeah, you get into that group, and now you know you add Ethan and Lane. Um, I've never met them yet. Uh, but uh, they're part of the South Dakota contingent. Um, uh, let's see, I've met Nella. She joins us every now and then um, in that room. Uh, and let's see, trying to think. I think there's been, oh, Adam. Uh, went up to Madison, Wisconsin, met Adam. Um, so that was fun. And uh, yeah, I... I'm trying to meet everybody, but I haven't quite made it to California to meet that contingent yet, um, which which would be fun. Um, well, at least in the central, like in the Central Valley, that's like that's my second favorite part of California. My first favorite part is the area where I grew up near Lake Tahoe, mountains, middle of nowhere, want nothing to do with anybody. That is my favorite part. My second favorite part is like the Central Valley. So, OK, I was stationed in San Diego um, for for two years, so. Oh. Um, don't want to go back to Southern California, but it was, it was an experience. Um, I will say after living in Texas for four years, the thing I miss the most about being in that area is first of all, I miss all you can eat sushi, but that's strictly like a Northern Nevada thing. Um, I really, really miss West coast Mexican food. It is a lot better in my opinion. And me too. And like, no one from here agrees me like, no, Tex-Mex all the way. I'm like, okay, but you haven't been to San Diego. <laughs> and just like stuck your hand across the border and said, give me tacos. I have. <laughs> oh, there no, was but- a little, there was a little restaurant in San Diego and it's probably not there anymore. I don't know. Uh, been quite a few years since I left, but only one person in the place spoke English. Um, and Literally, the person running the cash register was the only one that spoke English in the place, and it was real Mexican food. Uh, it was, it was some of the best Saturday afternoon food you could even dream of. Um, you know, after being out Friday night and sleeping most of the day Saturday, but um, I would just like to say 
did okay so when you were in san diego were you like of drinking age were you like over 21 already yeah did you ever make the trip to vegas from san diego because that's like a three and a half hour drive it, never been to vegas actually okay first of all don't go uh it's a cesspool <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'm saying that as someone who has not spent any time in Vegas as a real adult. I'm based on all my experiences in Reno, which is Vegas, but cheaper. Um, <laughs> it was really good. It was really great while I was like 21, 22. It's not great at 30. <laughs> so it's really not good at 50 either is what you're saying. Look, if you can do the all night drinking like the bars there don't close they serve liquor 20 bars that you can buy liquor absolutely anywhere like in california you can sometimes get it at like some corner gas stations or whatever they might have a liquor license in nevada you can get it anywhere any hour of the day <laughs> um that was the hardest part about moving to texas was giving up the liquor that i could get anywhere but um it my our most recent trip back it was really weird because it was one of the first times where i was like Oh, my body is like aged and not like in, like when I was in Reno, I was semi-regularly staying out all night, drinking all night. This was like a semi-regular activity. The four years since I've been here, we don't do that because we don't have that opportunity in Texas. <laughs> now it's like 2 a.m. and I'm like, oh, time to go home. <laughs> Got to go to bed. <laughs> yeah. I used to be getting to the bar at 2 a.m. Well, now for me, it's 10 o'clock, <laughs> 10 o'clock. It's pumpkin hour. I'm, I'm ready to go to bed. I'm, I'm tired. But I get up at 4.30 every day, so 10 o'clock, it's time. I've discovered the really wonderful parts about winery drinking in Texas. Is It's not frowned upon to show up at the winery at like 3.30 in the afternoon, and you can just get smashed <laughs> and be home by like 7. <laughs> and then you shower, you eat dinner, you go to bed, and you sleep through the hangover. That works out pretty good. I wish yeah, I would... and then I can still get up and like function. <laughs> yeah. That's a pretty nifty uh, way to go. Um, yeah. so, just PSA: it, if you're into drinking, that's the way to do it. If you're older than I, could, I actually gave up drinking about twenty years ago, roughly. Okay. Um, just walked away from it. Never, never wanted to go back. Um, and trust me, I did enough between eighteen and thirty that I. Yeah. I I've covered the last 20 years. No problem there. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's just, it's much more fun when you're watching everybody else. Um, and one thing I have realized, especially the last three years, this has really come to my attention is if you can get up before five o'clock and get a good three hours of work in before the rest of the world starts at eight, you are already well ahead of everybody else. Um, you know, and also fitness, uh, either walking, lifting weights, whatever, some kind of activity for at least 30 minutes to 45 minutes every day uh, will make a dramatic difference. Um, also not looking at any of your devices the first 30 minutes you're up. Now, that was a hard one. That was a hard one to give up. I I try really hard not to. My fiance travels for work. So if he's working, he's on the road. A lot of the times that's the only reason why I'm checking or like checking in or whatever. Um, or I'll check like the security cameras. But I found I've traded out my 
TV watching for book reading. My new year's resolution for 2023 was to read 75 new books for the year. And I hadn't read for, I hadn't read for pleasure except for like maybe a handful over the last, like honestly 12 years. And I, when I was a kid, I used to read, like my parents would not buy me new books. They're like library and library only because that's free. (laughs) Um, One time my grandpa took me to Barnes and Noble when I was like 13 and he got me like a big stack of books, probably spent close to $200 on books a week. And I got through all of them and he was so mad, but my parents were like, she's not, you're not going to punish her for it. They're like, just take the books back. They're just like, return them. They're they're brand new. Return them. It's fine. And so that's what we wound up doing. And then he realized that he should just get a library card instead. (laughs) Go to the library. Um, But I haven't read like that since I was a kid. And I'm, my goal was 75 for the entire year. I'm currently on book 36. Jeez. And it's the end of March. (laughs) Wow. That's impressive. And they're not like, I mean, they're like fun, like fantasy type books. So like Harry Potter, but grown up or like, they're more like Lord of the Rings, like those types of books. Cause I think they're, I just think they're fun. Like story being told stories, like in that way is really, really fun for me. Um, and I love the way the different people choose to portray those stories. I, that, that part is just like really, really interesting. But yeah, 36. And I think, well, here's what actually I've, I've come to realize is you read Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings or some of those sagas uh, that have mm-hmm. that out there. There is so much leadership and self-development that you can bring out of those that people miss, yeah. that people just gloss over. Uh, and, and obviously you have to be in the right frame of mind to catch those things. Uh, you have yeah. to be an idea. That's what, you know, you're implementing into your life. Um, yeah. so, but like for uh, like a good example is like when you read Harry Potter, like a lot of people are like, oh yeah, it's a kid's book. Have you, re- have you read the books just out of curiosity? Oh yeah. Yeah. I've seen oh. all the movies. So. I- me too. I was I was the right age when the movie started coming out. I was eight when the movie started coming out, and I was eighteen when the final movie came out. So I was like the prime target age. Um, so I've got like a whole entire like Harry Potter shelf out in my oh. loft um, with like I've got books. Someone got me cookie cutters. I've got like all the illustrated books. We didn't. I wasn't bringing this up, so I could nerd out about harry potter sorry um (laughs) but a lot of people particularly people who um were adults when they read it and weren't critically thinking about they're like oh it's just like a kid's book it's just about like some magic school but you you do think about like the leadership aspects or like the traits that are you know valued by the main characters is you know loyalty bravery what does this teach you about being a good friend about being um about finding like the joy in those small things like with your friends what does it teach you about like uh being willing to like learn from people all like develop those relationships beyond just like there's my friend at school every single day and loss and adversity and dealing with everyday problems yeah uh, you know and even dealing with big problems obviously harry potter is you know as you read through all the books or watch all the movies you fully realize that life is going to happen. 
that life isn't a fairy tale, that life isn't some, you know, opportunity just to ride the wave to the end and, and no harm's going to come to you. Uh, you know, it is going to be filled with valleys. It's going to be filled with peaks uh, and everywhere in between. And, and you know, you, you mentioned a lot of the great qualities that that uh, series brings. And the dealing with that is you can't do it alone. You yeah. have to have people with you on that journey. Uh, and trust me, when you get to the peak or you have some success and you have people that have gone that journey with you, it will make it a thousand times better than it would have been if you got there by yourself. Yeah. Um, that reminds me, I was watching something that Taylor Swift was talking about not that long ago. And she was uh, a little bit of background. She's one of the only women who's won, um, I think it's album of the year award twice there's only like a handful of women who done it. i think she's now the only woman who's done it three times and um there's only a handful of artists who've done it three times i think it's like michael jackson the beatles and like her like that it's a very short list. <laughs> but after but she was saying like after she won oh there's my notification again after she won the second time she had she was in like a relationship and like a romantic relationship but she felt like she had no one at the top with her she achieved this huge monstrous massive thing but there was she was going home to an empty home an empty house like no one was at the top with her and I think about that a lot and I'm like that's so like that's so lonely yeah yep and and that and I'm that's been the value of clubhouse is that I know that maybe not everybody that's there is going to be at the end with me uh, when I finally reach out when I reach my big, big goals or if I ever reach them. Uh, but I know that the people that were part of the journey, maybe that aren't there at the end, were integral to to everybody getting to the end that's there. And it's. And I can probably name the five or six that will be there at the end with me uh, if I do get to my monstrous goals uh, that you mentioned earlier, you know, the five or six that show up pretty much every night. Um, mm -hmm. And and um, really add a lot of value to to people. Um, and, uh, and and that's what makes it fun. That's what makes it exciting. Uh, you know, and, and knowing that don't have to watch your back all the time because you got people that are watching your back for you. Um, so you can keep on trudging forward and keep that vision going. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, I've got my last couple of things I wanted to get to, but is there anything else you wanted to touch on before we move into the last couple of things? No, this has been great. This has been a fun, yeah. fun, fun. I know. I'm like, I know we could talk for like so many hours about this. We, we will, we will definitely do this again. Cause this has been so wonderful, but um, I'll get into my last couple things. Cause it's already been almost two hours. So, um, <laughs> okay. okay. So if somebody came to you tomorrow and said, um, I, I see the value community, but I don't know where to start, like where, where, how, et cetera, to find my people. How would you like, what kind of guidance would you give them? So first of all, I would get on LinkedIn. Uh, that is the first social media platform 
second come join us in the ag discussion room on clubhouse uh, i i know you'll find somebody there that you can connect with if not several somebodies uh but linkedin to me was where i really got my start on social media uh because it is a business social media site and so if you're interested in anything even leadership whatever uh you will start to develop community you'll start bringing people around you that have similar interest um, in business and leadership and self-development and and that will really help start propelling you into finding your people uh you know and i like i said if you're involved in agriculture come join us on in the club in the ag discussion clubhouse uh you know we meet tuesday through friday at 6 p.m central uh, Saturdays at 3.30 and then the livestock rooms at 8 p.m. on Monday nights, crop production on 8 p.m. Tuesday nights. And we are an open group. We are very welcoming, uh, as you mentioned, Harley. And, you know, we're not going to talk down to people. Uh, we're not going to treat people like they're idiots or stupid just because they don't understand something. Uh, we want people to understand. We want people to come ask questions. Uh, you know, let's get some clarification out in the world. And this, the uh, third part is if you're interested in anything in agriculture, go find that person in your community, go ask questions. And, and I guarantee you that the majority of people out there, uh, whether they're raising livestock, vegetables, row crop, whatever, are going to be happy. If you're truly interested, are going to be happy to share with you. There's going to be some old grumps. There's going to be some grouches that may not want people around. But the majority are going to be happy to share what they know and tell their story and and help you to to figure things out. And And, as- and happy to give you like hands-on experience. Like you've never been on a ranch before, but you're interested okay, cool. I'll come. I'll teach you how to fix fence. I'll teach you how to muck stalls. I'll teach you how to, you know, feed like throw hay or whatever. Like those are things that any reasonably able-bodied person could learn to help with. Yeah, exactly. And so that's probably where my top three would be, um, you know, and then get involved in organizations that interest you. Uh, there's all kinds of, I mean, if you're growing corn, you get in the national corn growers. If you're into cattle, um, not a big fan of the NCBA, but you know, it's a good place to start. Um, at least learning and asking questions, uh, you know, and educate yourself, always be learning, uh, you know, and something that I was a little late coming to and something, you know, and I didn't really realize until clubhouse was becoming involved in the politics side of things and, and keeping abreast of what's going on that's going to impact agriculture. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the House Ag Committee and the Senate Ag Committee put the videos up and they have live streams of their their things. Mm-hmm. You can go back on there and see what your politicians are talking about for agriculture. And, and so the, all that is holy vote in your local elections. And oh. your state <laughs> A thousand percent. <laughs> Absolutely. So, you know, it's, there's so many opportunities now that, that weren't available when I was growing up, uh, you know, and so, so take advantage of them, get on YouTube, 
uh, plug into agriculture, uh, plug into self-development, plug into leadership, uh, Global Leadership Summit. Uh, some of the ones that I follow are uh, Kelly Roach, Peter Vu, Grant Cardone, Ed Milet. Um, uh, you know, they've been there, done that. They've been successful. Uh, and I truly, truly value what they teach. So, yeah. Right. Thank you. My next question is, of everything you've done, like in your whole entire life, what are you the most proud of? Ooh, that's a toughie. Um, wow. You saved the hard one for last. Um, yeah, it's always a good one. Yeah, I know. I can name like three or four things. <laughs> I'm going to say being a Marine uh, would be the top one. Uh, just for the simple reason that not everybody can do that. Uh, what um, What did you do in the Marines? I was a hydraulic and metal smith on F-18s, fighter jets. That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> So a lot of people don't realize that the Marine Corps does have helicopters and fighter jets. Um, so it, uh, yeah, I, but everybody's a Marine. Everybody goes through the same boot camp. Everybody goes through the sec same secondary school. And then you go to your MOS school and uh, learn about your job. So yeah, well, a lot of people don't realize the army has planes and boats. So uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like so. My grandpa was on a boat in the army in World War II. That's the only reason I know that. <laughs> ah, gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, yeah, I, my grandpa was in, one of my grandpas was in the Army Air Corps and the other one is in the Navy. So. Um, okay. And then very last thing, because we've got about 90 seconds left. Um, where can people find you on social media if they want to reach out, follow, et cetera? Well, you can find me on Facebook under my name, Shannon Townsend, uh, Instagram, uh, Profit Maker Ag. And uh, let's see, like I said, the Ag Discussion Room uh, is on Clubhouse. We're there Tuesday through Friday. Uh, let's see, under my name on TikTok. I think that's about the only places I am is those four. <laughs> okay. Um, and I will, I'll hunt you down on all of those and link them like in the show notes. So that way people can directly just like find it. Um, perfect. Thank you again so much. This has been so fun. I don't know how it was already two hours. <laughs> I know this has been a blast. I don't know where two hours went. Jeez. I know. Thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed the episode, please feel free to connect with me on social media. It's at Ranch Collective Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And subscribe to the podcast to get new episodes as soon as they're released. See you next week.